This episode has content warnings for self-harm and depression. Hi there, welcome back to another episode of Ace for Anxious, the podcast diary that tackles the taboo topic of anxiety through our friend The Alphabet, with me, Alex Ang. Each episode highlights a new letter, which highlights a new anxiety, and today we are at the letter L. Today's guest you might be familiar with on this podcast. He is the music man, the one behind all of the wonderful music you hear at the beginning and the end of each episode. Today, I am joined by my partner, Brandon, to talk about our shared anxieties of love. Not gonna lie, I was a little anxious to have him on the podcast because this was totally unscripted and definitely came from the heart, but we have a lot of conversations about, you know, our anxieties in our relationship and in ourselves, and I really think that Brandon was able to talk from the heart about a lot of his struggles with self-love, so I hope you enjoy this episode. From the anxieties we have about our own relationship to overcoming our struggles with self-love, this episode is all about that big scary L word that plagues us all. Whether you're in a relationship, still searching, or just not interested, there's definitely something for everyone in this episode. And if you're new to the podcast, hello, welcome. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at A's for Anxious Pod to stay updated and follow us on whatever platform you listen to to make sure you get notified when new episodes drop. If you're enjoying the show so far, be sure to rate us on the platform. We appreciate it so, so much. And let's jump into this episode. Hey, Brandon. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's good to be here. You look tired. I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 11 p.m. when we're filming this. Do you want to tell the audience what we just what we just came out of since we're talking about anxiety anyway? Uh, I actually think that probably wouldn't be a place for me to speak about. I think you okay. would do a better job of explaining it. Got it. Well, anyways, if you didn't know, Brandon is my partner. Welcome back to Ace for Anxious. Um, but yeah, Brandon's my partner and we currently live together. We just moved in together. So today, obviously, we're going to be talking about love. So it's very, very, very relevant. But anyway, we just we just wrapped up a very um, exciting journey. Yes, it was. Yeah, so I was like playing around, doing some tomfoolery and accidentally cut like i it's my butt cheek right it is it basically it, it is, is my butt cheek. yeah like i'm not even gonna say like upper thigh anymore it's <laughs> it's my fully my butt cheek and i cut my butt cheek like like huge like cut like just like very right? long quite deep and yeah was like bleeding pretty yeah I, I cut it on like a piece of metal that i like rammed into when i was trying to be silly um and when we i went on a full anxiety spiral for about an hour and a half about yeah yeah cleaning the wound freaking out because i didn't know if i had my tetanus shot and also freaking out because i called the helpline and they told me to go to the er to get stitches which yeah i mean we we were like we were going through a whole i was going through a whole spiral and brandon was there to help me out a little bit but yeah that's basically what went down in the past hour so yeah now we're filming this because we thought it would be a good segue into talking about the love. things we do for love honestly yeah exactly that's what i'm saying the mm-hmm. things we do for love and that's why this episode is existing so today as you can see from the title l is for love and actually i'm gonna out myself and say that we actually recorded this episode like in when like so long ago like in the winter time because because yeah brandon i mean i see him basically every day so it was just one of the easiest episodes to film and i was in my era of like wanting to pre-film as many as possible so we actually pre-filmed this episode months ago but it just had a very different tone and so many life changes have been happening in our relationship too that i just wanted to re-record it so yeah, I wanted to re-record it for you guys to get a more updated version, even though the old one will never see the light of, light of day. So. Oh, yeah. So some context in this in the period since we last recorded, we moved in together, the very, very big one. Yeah. We also um, kind of, you got your new job and oh, we got yeah. stability. And we also um, were exploring how it would be to live with each other and share the same space and be basically considered 
um, a household for the first time. So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely a lot of things changed since the last time we spoke about this. Oh yeah, we've experienced so much. So I just felt like I, I like I couldn't edit it in good favor and put it out into the world knowing that so much had changed and then it not being a very authentic episode and me also not being excited about it. So I'm excited that I'm so sorry. We are talking, <laughs> we are having a little late night, some some pillow talk, some mm -hmm. very uh, existential conversations about anxiety. But I feel like this is going to be a good episode. I feel like it's something that we, you know, in a relationship, outside a relationship, whatever, like people constantly experience anxiety over love because love is this big scary word right so yeah let's let's dig into it so i guess for this episode since it's weird because you know we both experience it and usually like i'm usually interviewing a guest mm -hmm. we can kind of talk about like our own experience i guess starting with the first question is like why does love make you anxious it's so different talking about this now compared to before yeah, but right? uh yeah it's i would say the biggest um anxieties i have right now for love is doing my part as in in this relationship and being your partner um making sure that i am you know stepping up to what i need to do in this relationship um and for love i think uh, more specifically it's about proving that i love you and making mm. sure that you know you can see and you can um you can feel that i love you in the language in the love languages that you are more attuned to compared to me mm -hmm. we both have very very different uh, love languages i have words of affirmation and physical touch and yours are mine is physical touch and quality time mm -hmm. mostly and uh kind of when i want to reassure you and and show you that i love you i will always want to try and tell you and to say with my words but you see action and you see kind of the time that we spend together as as shows of me loving you mm -hmm. and that can be anxiety inducing because it's like sometimes i can't convey how much i love mm -hmm. you um in ways that you understand so. yeah do you think love languages are anxiety inducing do you feel like when you hear other people's love languages and they're not the same as yours do you get anxious for you yeah what well, just in general like uh, okay in do, general. Do, do you not like the concept I'm, I'm getting some bitterness do you not like the concept of love languages because they set a standard yes <laughs> um i would say it's it's just because it's if i'm feeling like if i did the things that i did for you with for my own love language i would be really really happy and i kind of have to get out of this mindset that what i would want is not the same as what you would want and making sure that i step up and do and uh, make the effort to uh mm. to be showing my love through your love languages and that's difficult that can be difficult for example um quality time if i if you wanted quality time and i were the one to plan everything out plan a day trip or to organize something you would feel very very loved problem is is that i'm not very good at that i'm actually terrible at that and so having to kind of get out of my comfort zone get over my anxieties with trying to make a, a an activity for us that you would enjoy without stressing that oh you're going to hate it or stuff like that it's difficult for me and yeah. anxiety inducing that's interesting because I feel like love languages are such an easy way to to like like I feel like it, it couldn't be easier to like I'm not trying to belittle your anxiety because no because that mm -hmm. no that makes sense it totally makes sense the other way but I feel like for me it actually makes me less anxious because I I feel like I need to know I need a roadmap of how to like help people mm -hmm. of how to provide for people and all of that and I feel like love languages just makes it so easy because like it's not like a taboo thing either you know mm -hmm, you can like ask not. someone yeah you can ask your friends too like what is your love language like it's not something that's hidden and i feel like a lot of my anxiety with love is the mind reading part where there are some things like if your partner is not attuned to their feelings you can't read their mind and talk and, and know what they're feeling you know what i mean mm -hmm. so love languages i feel like out of everything is the most like 
satisfying and reassuring for me you know mm-hmm. that is very fair i would say um it, it is a very clear roadmap i will give you that like i know exactly what you need i would i'm trying i do my best to mm-hmm. fulfill that but i also know that um I, I i know my kind of shortcomings i know that i'm not good at it and i will keep trying to do more effort i keep trying to do it um to show you that i love you in the way that you feel most accepting mm-hmm. and um because it's not because I don't love you that I don't want to show you quality time. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to do that. It's just that um, kind of the who I am and the way that my brain works, it's difficult, but I still make the effort to try and do it. Yeah, you know? no, that's good too. Does saying I love you make you anxious? Absolutely not. I, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And because you know that like words of affirmation are mine, right? My love language. Me saying it over and over again is me kind of just sharing with you exactly how i feel and i have no anxieties with profusing my love for you with my words because it's that's that's easy for me you know yeah did saying i love you feel anxiety inducing in the beginning of relationships is it something that you like wasn't you weren't sure like i feel like that's very interesting that you said no because a lot of people feel it's like this taboo thing like you can't it's like those things where like you talk with your friends too like when they're in new relationships too like they're asking like when is the right time like mm-hmm. oh i don't know if i should say it i fe- do you feel it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's i feel like a lot of the reason why there's so much anxiety over relationships is because there's this pressure mm-hmm. to love to build a future with someone to do all of that i mean that's all societal expectations that's true yeah but you know what i mean right like but i also feel so in that beginning stage or with your other relationships too do you ever feel like it was an anxiety inducing thing for you or did you were you always just so trusting of your gut and you're like if it happens it happens i'm not gonna hide i have always been trusting of my gut um I have had other previous relationships before this one, and um, anytime that I had that same gut feeling, I would just say it okay, because yeah. uh, I believed and I didn't really question the way I felt. And that also kind of works into basically how I think about relationships in general. In the kind of doomsday apocalypse world where I'm no longer with you or I'm not with you, let's <laughs> say pretend that I'm not with you right now, I would not be kind of just looking for something constantly. I would be waiting to see if something happens and mm. feeling connections with the, with the person. And if I get the same yeah. feeling that I'm looking for, then I stick with that. That's what happened with you, mm. where I had that initial kind of contact, that um, that level of attraction and then level of getting to know you as a person that I fell in love with. And then once I kind of got to know who you were on the inside and then fell in love with that, I was willing to tell you right away. Wow, yeah. I know. I said I wasn't going to interview you, but I feel like this is interrogating you. Do you ever feel a pressure to experience love? Like, let's say, let's talk before we got into a relationship, right? And maybe when, you know, while you were going through like different relationships did you ever feel like there was a pressure to find someone to love and do you think that affects how you enter relationships it's a very good question um it delves into more of my personal anxieties um for i have issues with self-worth as you know and um before being with you and before getting to know you that manifested into a way of basically complete and utter devotion to whoever i was with Mm -hmm. um meaning i did not value myself i did not value what i needed or what i wanted in the relationship and um that also translated into me seeing as long as my partner was happy that would make me happy Mm -hmm. and um which is why when, you know, I got into those past relationships, one of them was abusive and the other one ended really badly. Um, it kind of realized that I was, you know, being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Didn't change how I felt, though, because I still felt that connection with that person, those people. And, um, you know, at that young age, loved them in the way that I could at that time. Mm -hmm. and 
which is why I would always trust my gut and knowing that if that feeling of that level of deep attraction with the person, not anything superficial like um, looks or um, common activities or common personality types, none of that is with the person. That's what I would fall in love with, which is why I am very sure of it whenever I say that I don't question Mm, it. I don't have anxiety. I would say that the reason that a lot of people now have that anxiety is because um, of this idea that there is this perfect person mm-hmm. out there. And so they always think there could be somebody better or um, this person is amazing, but they have these shortcomings. And that's very, very prevalent now where nobody really wants to commit anymore because of a myriad of different reasons commitments is difficult to do especially now and also because there's this idea that there is this fictional perfect person for every person yeah i mean i i sort of agree with that like the perfect person and i think part of my anxiety with love not even just saying it but i didn't date a lot and you know this too mm-hmm. my dating history is not extensive and that's because i purposely would not be get myself into relationships even if people like express stuff or whatever if i if i couldn't see them as the one Mm -hmm. that's like plain Mm -hmm. and honest because because i had so much anxiety over it love is this huge big thing it's what everyone's hyped it up to be so if i couldn't find someone to match those qualifications or if i didn't think it would be this big thing like i wouldn't want to pursue anything because it would be wasting my time that's just how i see it's my opinion i know a lot of people don't see it that way which is why people like that, and that's how you meet people, right? Yeah, yeah. Which but, is hilarious because you thought that I met your credentials, which is so funny to me. <laughs> no, but like, that's for me how I saw it because I I feel like I'm, I don't show a lot of my deepest, darkest thoughts like that are pretty scary sometimes mm. and very, can push a lot of people away, I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. If they knew yeah. the, if they knew the real me could, could, you know, draw a lot of people away. So when I do do that, it's exhausting. So I need to know where to exert my energy. And for me, that's the most anxiety inducing part about love Mm -hmm. is my anxiety. (laughs) It's literally, it's my mental health because when it comes to love, like you, the moment someone, and this is not even just for, like, if we don't talk about relationship love, we talk about familial, platonic, right? When you think about your parents, right, I think early on I realized that, like, I I felt, even though my parents say this is untrue, I felt that my parents didn't love me because of all of my mental health issues and the way I acted out because of those issues and my budding anxiety that I didn't know was anxiety at the time. And their love was, it was, like, what I clung on to, right? I think that's why I have so much anxiety over love because Mm. just as easy it can be as it can be given it can be so easy to take back and that can be the thing to break me so i think as i got older i became more protective over who i share my love to and sort of you know sort of started seeing love as this very pessimistic thing Mm -hmm. like i don't Mm -hmm. believe in it you know yeah i think growing up i always um I, I, from a very young age, I knew that I would be looking for somebody, only one person that mm. I would want to be with for the rest of my life. And I didn't, it didn't really extend into, oh, I'm going to marry somebody because I didn't really have a good opinion of marriage. I just knew that there would be one person that I would want to be well, yeah. with. I mean, I get, I would be way too anxious if there were, mo- like, if there were multiple and I was, <laughs> I like can't do that. I, and that leads us into the next thing, right? So, you know, when we talk about attachment styles Mm -hmm. is I have an anxious attachment style and that affects the way that I'm able to show love for people and show up in a relationship. And I like that we talk about this because, and people, I've seen a lot of social media posts and you've seen it too. You've sent me a ton, but I like that it's being included because I I don't like the taboo-ness of it and I don't like people stereotyping just because someone experiences anxiety or has even past trauma, right? That can create anxieties around love and relationships and but then people reduce it as to like oh this person person is jealous or this person is like protected there's so many labels now there are and i think it's really important that we talk about anxiety in relationships because i mean we can talk about so many ways anxiety has played a role right and i think that when we talk about love it's not really anxious about love itself it's anxiety about everything that can get in the way of love or contribute to you loving someone 
Yeah, so there's this, uh, I forget who did the quote a while back, but I remember there was this thing that kind of stuck with me for a while, is that, like, a lot of people say that love is painful, but it's actually not. Love is the only thing that isn't painful. It's all the stuff that can, like you said, get in the way of it. Heartbreak, betrayal, or, like, circumstances that break that love apart. For example, like, when people are in a relationship and they aren't able to communicate, they aren't able to make an effort for the other person. That is painful. And that is something that can really like hurt each person that's inside that relationship, which is why communication, which is why um, like constant effort towards the relationship, towards each other and mm-hmm. towards the other person and themselves is very, very important. And that kind of goes into a kind of really deep reason of why I get anxious in this relationship, which is, again, my lack of self-worth mm. and my love for myself, um, which I have very little. Of. Yeah, and, and I... Because of upbringing and my own reasons of familial and personal trauma, are am not very able to love myself. And so I exhibit it outwards in like you said many times, in kindness and in devotion towards my partner. And I have you to thank for giving myself a little bit more of self that self-worth and care for myself, but I still need to work on it. But it also translates into, am I doing enough for you? How can I do more for you? Mm-hmm. How can I um, devote more to you? And then when you say, oh, you're not doing enough, making me shut down because I think I'm already doing so much what else can I give how I can give it and it's not even because like you don't think that that I'm not doing enough or I'm not or I am not doing enough it's because I'm not doing the right things yeah and that's hard to understand and makes me have that anxiety in this Mm -hmm. relationship yeah I love is I feel like love is more than just like relationship yeah it's self-love too and I think there it's that's why it gets so messy it's because it's all entangled in that right I feel like the way you experience love is that you experience that based on like how other people you experience self-worth like love self-love in the way of how people see you and how people love you you know what i mean like you get a lot of that from the love that other people give you it's like a little like tree kind of thing yes but it's all very it's all so entangled and that's why i feel like I kind of did the opposite journey of you. I had to learn how to love myself before mm-hmm. I could learn how to love others because I was experiencing such, you know, just intense mental, like, health, like, you know, symptoms and everything at a young age, too young to understand and too young to think that I was okay to be around other people. In fact, I didn't want to be around other people. I isolated myself, right? Because mm-hmm. that was the way that I thought I needed to exist in order to help myself. So, like, I wasn't even concerned about love, right? Whereas I feel like you went the other direction. I did. Yeah, where you chased love from other people and you neglected yourself. You isolated from yourself, mm-hmm. and but, but then went in the world and, like, you know, you didn't isolate outside, you know? Yeah, I basically, I, I, I was always trying to take care of other people around me and and like give everything mm-hmm. and because i hated myself and yeah. still kind of do yeah so. don't hate yourself i know working on it yeah don't hate yourself everyone love yourself yes please love yeah. yourself but and i and i wanted to ask because i ask all my guests this because anxiety manifests so differently for everyone right mm-hmm. and how does anxiety manifest for you when it comes to love when you're experiencing anxiety with love like how do you like i'm already thinking of how i, I do some, you, yeah, <laughs> you I already can, know i already know i've um let's go with the the most classic example that hasn't happened recently but used to happen all the time when i messed up when i did something or when i didn't communicate something or i made a mistake and i upset you i made you angry or i basically just hurt you in a certain way what would happen every single time was you would bring it up you would, you know, be upset at me and not really yell at me, but basically just be like frustrated and like telling me that what I did was unacceptable and try to tell and try to communicate that. And I would always first start with, uh, no, I didn't. 
Yeah, and, well, yeah, I, like or uh, I, yeah, no, it it would start with no, I didn't, or uh, that, that that doesn't make any like sense. Like gaslighting. Yeah. yeah, and then I would go into um, not understanding, where I would be like, I don't understand, I don't know where you're coming from, which really frustrated you because you're like, okay, you're just being stupid. I know. I'm like, um, do I have to spell it out yeah. for you? And honestly, you probably did because I was just in a state of just complete and utter. Uh, miss d- yeah. no, not lack of understanding at all and then after that i would slowly understand and then shut down and how i shut down was i would immediately start berating myself inside my own head i would just say over and over again why couldn't you understand this why are you like this why the hell are you s- mm. so stupid and then it would just go on and on and on to the point where i could only hear myself and i couldn't even hear you in the same in those moments and then i would shut down say nothing and just not be able to communicate yeah. and that is how my anxiety manifested mm. i think that's very common for a lot of people mm-hmm. i think especially in just my other like male friends who have kind of described that because it am it's not that like people, especially people who I think deal with self-worth issues, right? I think that's a common thing is to shut down because you start to feel like even if a person is bringing up something that is valid, like criticism or something that you are a terrible person, you don't deserve to be in this relationship, right? And I think for me, I liked my mechanism of how my anxiety kind of flare, I get anxiety flare-ups when Mm -hmm. I get anxious about you know love and like if there's something wrong in our relationship or if you telling me that i hurt you and all of that i run away yes you do you yeah yeah i run away and i don't know why i don't know why i i do it i don't do it as much but i still i guess i don't know it's my inner child a part of me that just runs away from situations because i don't want to deal with it or because it's too much and i Mm. think with something as big as love love freaks me out Mm -hmm. right like i said like i only believe in the one true love and like if it's not worth it then it's not worth my time yeah yeah so like i just freak out like i'm like this is i can't deal with this right now so i run away i need i need some you know to take some time from these things and that's not something that I was like proud of and I definitely could tell that it was from my anxiety right because it was my anxiety itching like it's literally like an itch Mm -hmm. that like comes up and it's the most annoying thing and you're like nope not today not today Satan (laughs) so you just (laughs) so you just like run away from it I think that's the easiest way right and the harder way is confronting it and having hard conversations which man like can you can you say the number of hard conversations we have because i've lost count so many and each time though i feel like we both are fighting our like manifestations literally so like violently both of us but that's how it should be it should be both people on any type of relationship romantic familial it should be both people working being in as much pain as you know as the other absolutely and it's just such a it's for our relationship and where we've come from, the amount of growth that I see in you and the amount of growth that you've all probably seen from me, <laughs> probably, hopefully, yes. hopefully, and just like every single hard conversation, it has, you know, we are able to kind of go down more familiar lines of, of, of direct communication, able to have, you know, rational conversations, not leading into like shutting down or pushing away or mm-hmm. um, like raised voices or anything like that we are able to kind of if we need to learn that the other person needs space before they can come back because i'm still working on that one you still need to learn yeah. that you need that but we are learning about the ways that we both need to talk about these difficult topics and also reconcile which is really mm. difficult sometimes yeah i think a lot of people connected to love is they have an anxiety of confrontation They have an anxiety of confronting that the love that they are looking at is not as perfect. There Mm -hmm. are some cracks, right? And like you said, like, even though I believe in the one and whatever, I know it's not going to be perfect, right? And I think my anxiety, part of that was that it wasn't perfect. But that's the belief that I had growing up, that I'm going to find this great love. yeah. Yeah, it has to be perfect and nothing has to go wrong and this person can't hurt me. I can't hurt this person and be the bad guy. 
And then the moment that hit, I got anxiety about it because I'm like, it's anxiety is essentially just like warning systems. It is yeah. warning system that something is not right. Something is not what maybe you thought, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And then you create those mechanisms. So it's it's a really interesting process when you're like self-aware enough to like yeah. to like look back at it and be like, oh, this is what our brain was going through in those tough moments. But but truly in those moments, it was like the hardest thing. It was. We've ever done, yeah. right? And difficult conversations are still difficult, but oh, yeah. we definitely have learned new tools. And for all the relatively new couples out there, you, every single person that is in a relationship should want to and should need to, you know, set up these tools and know what you need from your partner and be able mm -hmm. to communicate that. Yeah. And I, again, this is an episode about love, so I don't want to just focus on like our relationship even though it's great to have you here and talk about yeah, that absolutely. but the way we experience love with other people like my our parents right mm -hmm. like growing up i wanted to believe and you too right we've talked about this so many times that our parents are the best they can't do any wrong by us and they know everything and they're never wrong and when you start to unveil the cracks and see the ways that they've harmed you or caused you trauma in your childhood that has now come into your adulthood and like obviously scarred you and maybe you know changes in different ways turn, yeah changes in ways that we weren't expecting and then you get anxiety about that and you get you're like oh no everything i knew was a lie yeah. <laughs> essentially so yeah. it's about having those conversations with your parents too and i think i've started to do that with my parents and it's so anxiety inducing i yes. literally like yeah i literally get like nauseous when i have to talk to my parents about my mental health or anything because it, it just feels like i already deal with so much of that bs like from other people like i don't want my parents to like belittle my anxiety i don't want them to say why do you need this why do you need that like Shout out to my dad who's probably listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be accepted who you are by the people that you're closest to. By the people who love you. That's the yeah. big word, right? The people who love you, love should be un unconditional. Mm -hmm. If it's not unconditional, you deserve better, honey. <laughs> and the fact, and then, some, then when you realize that sometimes there are conditions, it freaks you out. You're like, I, I didn't know love came with a contract. And, and so you want to do your best to, you know, not have any of those stipulations. So mm -hmm. that's why it can get hard. And that's where the anxiety kicks in, where you're like, Absolutely. okay, yeah, right? Yeah. I think uh, my family situation, the way I grew up, was extremely different from yours. So mm -hmm. it's different kinds of familial love and the anxiety that comes from it. From my upbringing, I was, um, you know, living as an international expat and not and I wasn't able to see my dad um every every three weeks he would come back for maybe a couple of days before he was gone every single year and my mom would work late as a teacher until about 11 p.m every night so not a lot of contact with either parent um growing up there was some but not a lot um and what from a young age that makes you then makes you need to grow up and i learned and always knew that i that my parents needed to do this to be able to support me and i accepted that and knew that but i still hold resentment and i still hold anger at them mm -hmm. despite me understanding that and me tackling that kind of deep-seated anger towards both my parents is something I have to constantly work on mm -hmm. and you're right about love being unconditional and conditional it is conditional to a point for every single person but for the family it is unconditional because yeah. they will always love you but not in the ways that you might need but again, it's about communication. And I well, we're going to touch upon this soon because um, I always like to do a section about how we can help our help our guests. Absolutely. With, yes, like defense mechanisms and coping strategies and all of that to help with this anxiety. And I think even people who, like let's say are not in relationships, right? I think feel a sort of anxiety to anything that's serious, like, like love, right? Because I feel like, again, our society just puts so much pressure. I think one thing that I've heard from, you know, fellow friends and from other family members is that, especially if you're single in an Asian household, Oof, yeah. um, the way that 
can we like unpack that the way that like relatives will well i guess you haven't really met any of your like asian relatives a lot of them but oh my goodness my asian relatives will literally like nail you into the ground with their questions of mm-hmm. like are you gonna are, like are you married like and you're like yeah, 25 or um where are my grandkids yeah or... especially the kids the kids see that's the thing and i think has caused me so much anxiety growing up that i don't even want kids and mm-hmm. that was if you haven't listened to our past episode you should listen to k yeah. you would like you would love that one but yeah i feel like growing up that was something that was always so ingrained you know and in 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 asian households i feel like there is this whole asian the stigma in asian communities because we're all about tradition we're all about family and so things like divorce not that it's never happens but it's very uncommon Mm -hmm. to see yeah it's very much like you are you don't have the luxury to make that choice you have to you know be with your partner basically till the end in that regard and that i definitely yeah um the kids thing i you're right i haven't met a lot of my uh asian background because of you know the family situation but i know of people Mm -hmm. who go through that constantly being asked uh i think it especially applies to females Mm. oh my god yeah basically asking where are my grandkids where are my grandkids or who, where's your man basically yeah and um yeah and that can it's, be very difficult it can be very difficult especially if you're someone who's single who has to be anxious about love and finding the one when all of your relatives are hounding and breathing down your neck about when are you going to find this person and then you start to question yourself you're like yeah why haven't i found this person is it me am i the problem hey it's me i'm the problem <laughs> it's me <laughs> yeah. but but that's the thing and and that's sort of this the stuff that just like it just really gets me annoyed because I'm just like, we've already talked about on this podcast about how, you know, terrible mental health awareness is in Asian communities Oof, yeah. and many like BIPOC communities. But I think very much in Asia because it's very, very like you can speak probably too because you grew yep. up in sh- internationally, but like everything's based on family, duty, like honor tradition and uh just dishonor shame yeah yeah no shame to the family (laughs) yeah yeah, no shame because if you if you bring shame it's you're not bringing shame to your parents you bring shame to your whole yeah your ancestors your family line like it's to the name or whatever like it's just it puts so much pressure and i think as young people who are like living their lives to like uphold this family tradition and not gonna lie like I, to a certain extent, I sort of felt like I needed to find the one and fast (laughs) and fast because, again, my sister, like my sister was in a relationship in many relationships, way more than me. And I don't know, it always felt like she had no problem expressing that with other people and, you know, just feeling that way and then we were twins so I was like comparing myself and I was coming into this really toxic mindset of like am I capable of love which I've haven't discussed like publicly but mm. for a time in my life I thought I was asexual. asexual because I I was I didn't think of people like romantically neither did I was I sexually attracted to people so it made me have this feeling of like am I just do I and now I was I was fine with that like I was mm-hmm. just like if I'm not attracted to people or whatever like I don't think I need to be in a relationship like that doesn't make me less of a person even though people do not understand the concept of asexuality yeah yeah or aromantic oh yeah literally yeah. like it's not thought about and also like thought of as you know an impossibility because it's not mainstream where people can't understand it. yeah yeah uh yeah i would say i was i was the opposite um i was when i always when i was younger i was like looking for looking for something i was known as a hopeless romantic all through middle and high school yeah i was a sad little baby um but yeah i I was i was i was the the, like romantic type i like wrote cringy like poems and wrote my own stories and, and always... you sang outside of girls's window um i did sing in front of people uh you not... s- oh yeah because you're was... a musician yeah, that's like your only flex yeah. <laughs> uh wrote many songs for many people um sorry to be telling you all this on a podcast but this was I'm... me in middle school we're, we're chill yeah we're, we're chill <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I was, and I, um, in when I was uh, just, you know, feeling these things, I was rejected all the time because of multitude of reasons. And I just, well, I thought that rejected all the time. Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah. Before, mm-hmm. before my first oh, okay, uh, girlfriend, okay. I was rejected a multitude of times. And, um, at that point I was thinking I was incapable of being loved mm. and, uh, because I was thinking, oh, I have, I care so much about this person that I'm, that I'm feeling emotions for and they are not reciprocating and then not understanding what that means at that young age and yeah. being like, okay, I'm just stupid then, or I'm not worth it. And that's where, I think that's where the seeds of that self-worth came into. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, switching gears a little bit to something a little bit more like, and if that resonated with, with anyone, yeah, we're going to talk about some like strategies that we've developed, mm-hmm. I think, to combat. And I, you know, I think will be most useful to talk about your self-love. You know, I think we'll have like a mix of viewership. I think a lot of people will maybe be in relationships, but then there are a lot, will be a lot of people who probably aren't in relationships and aren't looking for one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about self-love and how you have been able to kind of, you know. With self-love, there is a constant battle with the um, the voice in the head that is telling you all the things that you don't want to hear and then you start to believe so one of the strategies that my therapist has taught me is when those when that voice starts speaking to you and telling you like that you're 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 nothing and you're not worth anything you're a failure and all that to take a second and breathe and just slow down and don't try and suppress it but just have a realization that those thoughts are coming from a, something else. Mm. They're not you. Yeah. They are your intrusive thoughts and then labeling it as intrusive thoughts. And that has helped a lot because I can label it. I can, you know, still experience those thoughts and still experience the, that voice, but then also retrospectively look into it and be like, okay, that's not, that's not me who's saying that it's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then be able to kind of separate how I actually feel and how this thing is making me feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, you, you just look it in the face and you say, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But like this, the when, she, when my therapist said, slow down, that helps. Because Ooh, yeah, you, you know, when you really, really, it's very easy for you to just fall into listening to that voice and be like, yeah, you're right. I am stupid. I am not worth anything. I am a piece of crap, you know. Um, but the moment that you have to kind of at the very beginning, stop and slow down and then not jump down that slide of that thought process, then it allows you to mm-hmm. kind of dig yourself out. Yeah. And I think another thing, just like from seeing you go on your like self-love journey through these past few years, like I think it's super important when you, whether or not you have a partner, let's just say you have like a partner or friend, right? You need an accountability buddy. You mm-hmm. need, you need to talk about these issues. You can't suppress it. Suppressing it is the worst because the, sometimes if you're capable of it, yeah, maybe you'll be able to you know, get rid of this self-hate on your own. But most of the times you need the help of other people, especially, exactly, especially if you seek validation from other people in order to feel worth, like, you know, loved and worthy and whatever. So I think it's opening up to your partner about it and and not being afraid of the backlash. Because in reality, I know people hate it when you say that, but if, if this person doesn't reciprocate your feelings by you telling them that, hey, like, maybe could you say more words of affirmation, like, or not you know, say things so, like, that will harm my self-worth, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if that person doesn't reciprocate, then that person's not for you, or that you should, maybe you shouldn't be with them, because, or uh, until they realize that, because that person will actively be harming you. Yeah. So, I know that's a hard... That is super difficult, and yeah. I think that goes into a lot about, like, um, d- uh, having the amount of respect that you would give your partner. I think that's a huge thing, because having those difficult conversations is you know really hard but then when you have them be able to kind of like make sure that you're following through with it um taking care of your partner's needs and then having them take care of your needs as well and um if the partner is not able to do that you're right you maybe should not be with that person Mm -hmm. for me self 
love came in the form of being alone <laughs> and and my anxiety and basically it came from isolating myself and this is not me saying isolate yourself but also like spend time with yourself and that means again not isolating yourself purposefully but spending intentional time with yourself where you are picking moments in your life where you're not feeling anxious and not feeling you know like in your in maybe a depressive episode because you never want to really be introspective in times of actual like Mm -hmm. distress you want to take those moments where you're not in distress because it yeah like you need to have those moments where it's alarm bells aren't ringing in your head because all you'll be thinking is those things that's right yeah and spending time alone with yourself and really just thinking to yourself about all these things and that kind of helped me with self-worth because i didn't again i wasn't in a relationship when i was Mm -hmm. working on my self-love and that kind of phase it all happened when I was just hating myself and got into some self-harm tendencies from anxiety and depression and realized that like I am I would not do not want to live like this essentially anymore. Yeah. So the only it was way a wake up call basically. Yeah, it was a wake up call to be like okay, I need to do something about yeah. it, you know? I think another thing is that when you're having that, you know, conversation about, you know, uh with your partner about respecting you and making sure that you feel like your needs are met that conversation needs to happen in a point of neutrality um because if you have that conversation um after something somebody's feelings are hurt or when emotions are high nothing's going to get done because um neither party is going to want to you know listen and figure things out and be there for their loved one so a bit of advice is have those difficult conversations plan them out in a neutral setting and also we have uh kind of altered our language a little bit too instead of saying hey we need to talk yeah which is really scary scary. for both of us we've said hey we need to have a little chat and then sometimes asking did i do something wrong and then saying no or i need to speak with you about something Yeah, yeah 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 So it's just respectfully and finding that neutral ground to talk about these difficult mm-hmm. things with your loved ones. Yes, because I, I, I clearly remember you telling me that like when I said to you, like, can we please talk? Like it caused you the worst anxiety. Like you got stomach aches and you would have to like, you would feel physical symptoms of anxiety, right? Yes, so as soon as I hear, heard that, I was like, okay, yeah, we got to do something because like I don't want you to feel anxiety when I want to have important conversations and all of that. So it's about listening to your partner too. And again, I I really feel like the best thing that we did for our relationship and the best decision I ever made to do with my my loved ones, essentially, not even just with you, because I did this with my mom recently. Yes, you you did. I did. I did it with my sister. I did it with my friends and it changed my entire fucking life. And it was literally just talking about my anxiety with people Mm -hmm. so it seems real because there was a certain point in my time like where i didn't even believe that i experienced it myself because i was like i was trying to be a dululu like (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to be out here being a dululu girly being like what what is this i I get stomach aches and sometimes i pass out oh yeah it's chill i'm just unhealthy but i was physically healthy literally did scans all the medical shit only for me to find that it's mental health and the more you suppress it the more it's like a little child i, I like that the synonym it's like or the metaphor um the sign metaphor yeah <laughs> Meta- i like the metaphor i think anxiety and a lot of mental health and mental illnesses are like children they are very volatile and the more you suppress them the more the more you say no the more they want to be like wild the more they want to do shit Mm -hmm. so i think the best decision i made for my own mental health but my relationship with my loved ones is talking about my anxiety getting them involved in my life in that part of my life instead of dealing with it on my own absolutely yeah 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 do you feel like that too like talking about your anxieties not like maybe because you don't maybe have like anxiety but Mm -hmm. maybe like your anxieties of other yes i would say that um talking about it is uh something that i am both working on and also uh, it it is helpful the only person i'm able to kind of talk about it is with you i don't feel comfortable talking Mm -hmm. with my family for a variety of reasons even though they do encourage it and i feel like my my mom or my dad would be very reciprocating for it it's just 
very difficult and yeah. so i'm working on that mm-hmm. and um yeah yeah and also i mean i'm i talk about mental health on a podcast yes, you are like, a mental t- mental health advocate exactly so I, like, I was like yeah i'm like at this point now i feel like i should be but i mean even as a mental health advocate we experience um, a lot of barriers so i am not gonna ask you to guess then what the next episode is because you already know you know very intimately of my oh, plans yes i do yes, actually do. I, I just remembered sorry yeah, about yeah, that yeah. <laughs> But yeah, thank you again for, you know, being vulnerable and talking about this on the podcast. And thank you again for re-recording. Of course. I know, I know. Always for you. We actually did a really awesome thing together that will be coming out soon. We actually are on another podcast talking about love. And yeah, if you don't already follow me on social media at uh, Alexandria Ang, A-L-Y-X, A-N-D-R-I-A. I I always have to spell it because because I change it on mm-hmm. but if you don't follow me on Instagram you should definitely follow me and follow the podcast too because you will stay updated on what exactly I am referencing with me and Brandon making a guest appearance on another talk show which is really cool and we kind of talked about similar things but I think that one was very much focused on like the beginning of our relationship whereas this one is like focused on now yes and like yeah absolutely. looking back at what we've learned mm-hmm. but yeah thank you so much for joining me and I, again I hope this conversation continues I hope we like look back at this podcast like when we're married or like in like i don't know a decade and we just like not laugh because i feel like we're doing it's not, it was not a podcast of us talking about like what needs like what we're doing wrong i mean we had to re-record because we've changed so much in just a couple months i think it'll True. be really funny to I know. see what happens in the future and, yeah yeah thank you no i love worries. you i love you too <laughs> um i'm really happy with the music that i made for this one um and i hope it suits oh well yes too. okay wait wait, yeah. wait i am literally i can't believe i almost forgot so Brandon makes all of the music for the podcast. So every single song that you have heard on the podcast from the intros to the outros has literally been produced and created and written and played by Brandon. So yeah, how does it feel to be on the podcast? It's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I've never put out my socials or anything, so I'm not very good at that. I so. do that. I put out Yes, I know you put it in the description, yeah. right? But I don't know how to because you have like a whole catchphrase and everything i need to learn how to do that oh yeah, yeah. i mean i pre-record that but yeah how i just i just thought it would be it was cool like we're getting like a it's such a meta thing yeah, yeah so uh, yeah. yeah so check out his music i'll leave all of the links in the show notes but thank you so much for joining me in another episode and i will see you on the next one Bye-bye. bye bye Thank you so, so much to Brandon for joining me on this episode. I'm glad I was finally able to get him on the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate us on Spotify. Look out for the next episode for the letter M. Because my guest today wasn't able to put in a guest himself, you should definitely follow us on Instagram so that you can put your own guesses towards what you think episode M is about. As always, if you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, a list of resources can be found in the show notes and in the description of every episode. Music was produced and created by Brandon Hill. All of his info will be in the show notes.